This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we'll be talking with noted chefs and authors about their favorite ingredients. We'll also be speaking with the producers of those ingredients to talk about the history, how it's made, and why chefs love using it. On this episode, we're going to be talking about something that is oh so delicious. It has eight arms, Andrea. Do you know what it is? Take a guess. Octopus. That's right. We're going to be talking about Spanish octopus. I feel like octopus has been having a moment the last five to seven years. I agree. Because I, you know, growing up in New York, the only place I would ever see octopus, you know, my 20s would be in Astoria in a Greek restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it'd be one way, which would be, you know, marinated, maybe a little bit, then thrown on the charcoal grill sliced, little olive oil, maybe a little oregano, lemon, and that's it. I never considered myself a super adventurous eater, but I feel like a lot of people would at that time be like octopus and be a little... No, I agree with you. I don't think... Leery about eating it? I used to be kind of scared of eating octopus. Like, it took me a while. I remember, I think I cooked it in culinary school, and then I I wouldn't even try it. Yeah, I could see it as being like one of those squeamish kind of foods. It was certainly... Listen, octopus is... It's on menus everywhere today, mm-hmm. but I could see if you're not a very adventurous eater that, you know, you might not be getting in touch with but I think that that perception's changed. I actually think the first time that I ate octopus was at Chef's Warehouse. Interesting. Yeah, because I had, I mean, I was 24 years old when I started and I had, again, I cooked it in culinary school, never tried it. And then of course I'm going to be selling it. So I felt like I need to be able to sell this and I need to be able to explain it. And I remember trying it for the first time and really liking it. What did you think about it? It was, I thought it was going to be really tough. If you don't cook it enough, it has a terrible texture. So I was a little bit nervous, but it had this really great flavor of the sea, really soft. And I think it really uh, takes to marinades well. So whatever, you know, if you're putting on a really great olive oil or a lot of fresh herbs, it does it a lot of justice. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite octopus is at Porta in Asbury Park. They also have one in Jersey City. They do a charred octopus. They leave the legs whole. And what's really awesome about it is they that char that you get right on the ends, that, that crispiness yes. is really great. They do it with fingerling potatoes, a fennel slaw, and a berblanc sauce with capers. It is so good. For some reason, and I don't know what the reason is, the really overcharred flavor on octopus doesn't go to bitter. It goes to a really delicious, mm-hmm. it just, I don't know. It, you know, if you overchar certain things, it's too much, but yeah. octopus tastes really great, especially those better. bitter ends, those crispy ends. Mm-hmm. That's almost like what you want to get when, if you're cooking it, like you would wait until you get that char. Yeah. We're going to be talking with one of my favorite Miami chefs, Brad Rubano of Sea Spice. They have been a longtime octopus customer of Chef's Warehouse. They do a wonderful job. They really treat it with a lot of respect and integrity. When you taste it, it's super tender. They have this awesome marinade that they use on it. If you cook it too long, it becomes too mushy. And, right. if, you, and if you don't cook it long enough, it doesn't snap, you know? Well, if you've ever been to Miami and gone out to a restaurant, hopefully you've been lucky enough to score a reservation at Sea Spice. And the mascot of Sea Spice, you know, if you look at it like on their logo, mm-hmm. it's an octopus. Yeah. They take their octopus very seriously, so I'm excited to talk to Brad about it. We'll also be speaking with Kevin Fraley, Director of National Sales for Mark Foods. FAO Octopus. FAO 34. FAO 34. It is just, it's become really the go-to product for so many great restaurants and chefs around the country. It's one species, one grade, all number one octopus. And that's, that's really what sets us apart. Absolutely. I think it's one of like our core chef's warehouse 
you know, you can go in with confidence that when you show that product, you're probably going to win that sale. This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by Hey Now Media. We are in Miami. It is so great to be here. We are on Miami Beach. Yeah. I couldn't be more thrilled today because we're talking to Chef Brad Rubano of Sea Spice. How many years is Sea Spice open? Sea Spice has been open eight years now. And you've been there for? Seven. Oh, so you've yeah. like, been there from almost day one. The place is so busy and yet the food is incredible. Tell us a little bit about Sea Spice, the food the energy, the ambiance. Sea Spice, the food and the energy and the ambiance kind of all gel together. Um, you're on the water, so you have a, a seafood flair. It's international because we're here in Miami. So you have, you know, all different types of cuisine from Asian to Latin, things from all over, from the Mediterranean. When you add all those different cultures and people, it creates a pretty magical, busy experience. Sea Spice is super hot. Or as they say in Miami, caliente. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful people, men, women. You guys sell like more champagne than I think any restaurant in America or something like that. It's pretty close, yeah. Such a party. The music, the energy. People like to come, people like to celebrate, have a good time, celebrate life, celebrate each other. But here's the part that's important to me, and this speaks a lot about Brad. And we just were talking to Lee Schrager, who's the director of the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. Yeah. He just ate there last night or two nights ago. ago. The food is really good. And that's not what you would normally expect maybe in a restaurant that is considered a hot spot. Or maybe that's why it is a hot spot. But the food is great. And you're using ingredients, and we're grateful to have you as a client of the Chef's Warehouse. Snow-aged Japanese beef was on the menu. So many great things that we purvey that, you know, that Brad uses. And the thing we want to talk about today is octopus this is ingredient insider so we got to talk about an ingredient yeah. we can't just talk about champagne and, <laughs> and uh, i thought we were going to talk about jill biden oh, being a guest yeah biden was there what, last night yep yep we had the uh, we had the first lady there the other night she came uh, last minute and uh, we put together a nice menu for her it was nice to see her did she and eat octopus she did eat octopus she okay. ate some lobster she ate uh, some you know local seafood and uh, yeah she had a nice time so tell us a little bit about how Sea Spice uses the FAO octopus. Well, uh, Sea Spice, our logo is an octopus. That's our signature dish, our signature appetizer. So that needs to be perfection. That needs to be one of the best items that we sell. Chef Angel, our executive chef, Chef Angel Leon, uh, when he sourced out the product, he met with many purveyors and obviously, uh, you know, Chef's Warehouse um, and this particular product won the most tender, easy to work with, full of flavor. You can marinate it many different ways. Uh, we do our traditional, you know, sea spice marinade that, and the dish has not changed, uh, nor has the marinade or the process to make the dish in eight years. It's just a staple. What is the marinade? The marinade is just a, a mix of parsley, cilantro, lime juice, salt and pepper, and some other little, you know, chilies that are in there. So it gives it, you know, a little zest, a little bit of that fresh herb, but the process is, you know, in cooking it. And that's something that we perfected and because to get that tender texture and, and feeling. And then after that, once marinated and then placed on the grill, so you get that nice, you know, crispy charred outside, soft, tender on the inside. I, I love grilled octopus. Me too, but I don't think people realize how long it takes to cook octopus because if you don't cook it long enough, 
it's not a very good eating experience. Too mushy? No, it's chewy. Yeah, either which way though. Yeah, if you cook it too long, it becomes too mushy. And, right. if, you, and if you don't cook it long enough, it doesn't snap, you know? And, uh, it's like yeah. chewing a rubber band. Yeah. And most octopus aficionados, if, if, uh, if it's not to their liking, they'll, they'll send it in back and say, hey, it's not this or it's not that. So it took many years for us to perfect, you know, it's because it's a long cooking process. And the fact that we go through so much and sell so much, you need to start at six o'clock in the morning, you know, cooking octopus. Is there something that the octopus comes with? Yeah, we serve our octopus a la plancha, which is on a, you know, yeah. on, a, on a hot griddle, on a hot sizzling plate. So that comes, you know, off the open, you know, char broiler and then onto a sizzling plate. So it still gives it that crispy outer skin on the outside. But I think today, you see it quite often on menus. Is it one of your most popular items? Oh, sure, of course. It is, it is definitely one of the most. And and as a chef, and as, you know, since I've been at Sea Spice and cooking so much octopus and selling so much octopus, when you go out, you have to try everyone else's octopus. And when you do go out to eat with coworkers or with, you know, family or friends who know where you work and, you know, the first item that you order at someone else's restaurant is the octopus, you know, and people just look at you or sometimes I look at myself when I see the octopus saying octopus, it's great to see everyone's different take on it. Some people keep it whole. Some people cut it down. Some people marinate a Romanesco sauce using obviously, you know, natural uh, food flavors, but dye it, you know, to, you know, show a different color, cold, hot, mm -hmm. grilled, you know, and it, it's definitely on, I would say 75% of most people's menus, as, especially here in Miami. Yeah. What do you guys look for when you're buying octopus that, what, what, why did Angel say this is the one? What is it about that octopus? Is there something, size? Is it? Texture. Size consistency, number one, because obviously consistency in the restaurant business is very important. Uh, flavor, it's the same packer, it's the same box, it's the same label, it's all the same information. In maybe seven years, one time, have we had to make a phone call to our, to our sales representative and say, hey, there might be something wrong with this particular batch or, or box, not, not, you know, more than one box. And, you know, you look at it and they send it back and oh, okay, okay. this could have been that octopus could have been a stronger octopus or who knows what, you know, which, mm -hmm. you know, had just tougher muscles. Did you guys see my octopus teacher on Netflix? Did I take the words, the words out, of, your out mouth? of my mouth? I had like pretty strong reactions to it. So it's a documentary about a man who lives in Australia in a very remote part of Australia on a beach and he's a documentary filmmaker and he goes out every morning and he snorkels in this little cove outside his house. And one day he discovers an octopus that's living out in the cove. The next day, I think he goes out and brings his camera with him. Mm -hmm. And every morning he goes out and he develops this friendship. He like befriends with octopus. an octopus. And it's really quite endearing and you're watching it and it actually gets a little like weird at points where I think that like it, there was. I think a, he fell a, in love. I remember watching this going and I love octopus mm -hmm. and I eat octopus when I see it on the menu. I was like, I don't know if I want to eat octopus anymore. <laughs> yeah. And that lasted for a few months. The point of this story is we had Ruth Reichel yeah. on the program and we were talking about it with her and she's like, after I saw that, I didn't feel bad at all about eating octopus. <laughs> and I we mean, were like, they're what? smart. They're, they're smart creatures and they're amazing creatures. She goes, but their lifespan is only one year. So, I might as well eat it because they're, you know, they don't live for years and right. years and years. And I thought that kind of brought it back for me. The product that we have from Spain. Mm -hmm. The area itself is very specific. Um, and I think that was really important to us when we were creating, you know, it is our private label. So, uh, you know, you can't get it any, anywhere else. So we did a lot of research on exactly where to source them. And this specific ocean in Spain produces the best, most tender, most consistent octopus that I know, which is why I think there's so many customers who buy it consistently for so many years because they know what they're going to be getting. 
Yes. And that's important. And, and that is the main is the main issue because you can have people come to you and say, hey, you know, I have an octopus and it's priced at this or it looks like that or it comes from here. And it's always tempting. What's more satisfying is the consistency is is, is knowing that, you know, uh, even, you know, Chef's Warehouse has that product for us and lots of it, you know, because we do go through it. You're proud to sell that dish every day and plate that dish, you know, because you know, you know where it comes from and you know the taste and you know the flavor. Do you have to tenderize it? You know, tenderizing it is, you know, in the cooking process. Uh, tenderizing it is also in marinating it, grilling it. Throughout all the cooking process, um, it tenderizes. We don't, you know, physically tenderize it or, or add anything else extra to it. From package to plate process, it gets pretty tender. The reason I ask, another food memory that I have was when I was in college, I went to Greece for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was taking, like, boats and ferries all over Greece. And I remember pulling into an island and literally as this ferry was coming into the island of Paros, P-A-R-O-S. Okay. As we were pulling in slowly, there were groups of women, older women, on the rocks, throwing the octopus, mm-hmm. whipping them up and smashing them against the rocks. And again, I grew up in New York. What do I know of tenderizing <laughs> octopus on the rocks? You don't see that in the Hudson? No, I never saw that <laughs> okay. in the Hudson. They were throwing like people into the <laughs> East River. Tenderizing um, exactly. the bodies. But I was amazed that that is how they tenderize it. And I've thought about that moment when I go to restaurants, because it's always my, and I, I did eat octopus on that island, was out of this world. I always wonder, does it have to be tenderized in the kitchen? Are you doing something where you're slapping it around? And Well, that's why we open up at 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, with the prep cooks, you know, and we just let them, you know, throw it around a little bit and, yeah. <laughs> and have a little fun. And then it's like, all right, everybody get back to work, you know. <laughs> octopus fight. Yeah. The other thing with octopus that I find interesting is the yield. And I don't think a lot of people know this. So when you cook octopus, it has about a 60% loss of weight. Yes. So a lot of the times these other companies will come in with a really like aggressive price, but you have to keep in mind that there is such a loss when you're cooking it. So sometimes you want to make sure that you're you're cooking both to see how much loss maybe that other product has because it actually could be more expensive. Interesting. Yeah. If I could tell you how many side-by-side yep. comparisons we've done over the years because as, as I mentioned earlier, as oh. you just said, someone does come in and, you know, with a price here or a size this and, you know, put it in, cook it, do your thing, clean it, set it the way you do it, and ultimately... There's always a big difference. Have you ever cooked octopus at home? I've never cooked it at home. Have you ever considered cooking it at home? No. Have you ever been to a fish market and looked at the octopus and be like, I'm going to get an octopus? No, I, it doesn't... <laughs> like To me, octopus is one of the like quintessential, yeah. like, I see it on the menu at the restaurant. I'm ordering it I nine got times. I almost it last night. Nine times yeah. out of ten, I'm ordering it because maybe it is because I know I'm not going to cook it right. at home. It's, it's just, like a, you associate it with going out to eat. Yep. For me, at least. It's labor intensive. It's a lot of it's work. It's not scrambled eggs. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a bowl it's not of a pasta. not a chicken breast. Or <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And how do you find local ingredients from Florida, like the seafood? When I'm here, you know, everyone knows stone crabs. Mm-hmm. But I've been enjoying some amazing, you know, fresh fish like grouper or cobia. How is it sourcing here versus being in New York City? And Well, first of all, being able to source products in New York City, you have everything at your fingertips. Everybody is there and every company is there. That's a plus. Here in South Florida, you know, yeah, you have from stone crabs to snappers to groupers. Um, it's pretty amazing to even Key West Pink shrimp, things that you're always used to, you know, big shrimp cocktail and, you know, New York City steakhouse shrimp cocktail. But you make a dish with a, with a Key West Pink shrimp, something that you're not accustomed to. Oh, my goodness. You're like, that's, you know, that's some flavor. The waters are different. Being able to 
source local products is a lot of fun as well as you know when it comes to all the local farms that are down in homestead so what kind yeah. of what kind of produce do you get locally here we try to use about 75 percent organic produce you know obviously there's you know different items from you know all over the world but uh yeah um from most of the local farms in homestead um as well as i guess anything up in you know northern florida and you know obviously the way the world works you know there's you know california produce as well that you know gets shipped over here i've had great tomatoes You've been talking about the tomatoes. Florida has some great tomatoes mm -hmm. and not just, you know, in New York, I'm always thinking great sure. tomatoes like August, September. Right. Here, it seems like almost like a year round, like you got great tomatoes. Yeah, we can the weather. We, we can thank the sun for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> What's a typical night at, let's say a weekend night at Sea Spice? How many diners are you doing in that evening or that day? For the course of the day, about a thousand people, you know, mm. so that's, you know, about that's a lot of people. It's a big restaurant. You know, we, uh, we have, you know, close to 300 to 400 seats. We have, you know, boat docking available. So you've been at Sea Spice for seven years. Correct. Where, where were you before that? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in New York, um, born and raised, uh, grew up in the restaurant business. Um, so, uh, you know, as a, as a 10 year old Italian boy, there was three things you can do, go to school, go to work or play baseball. Um, you know, nowadays 10 years old kids can't go to work, uh, because you know, people frown upon that, but yeah, no, I started off in the restaurant business and, uh, and it's kind of funny sitting here with the both of you is that checking in deliveries with my father at 13, 14 years old from these local companies. And then all of a sudden comes this red and white truck called Dairyland. Everyone started using Dairyland. This is in the late 90s. And I remember my dad being frustrated for a second because the old guy would sell the butter for 89 cents and Dairyland was 91 cents. And I'm like, Dad, what's the difference? But obviously the quality and the food and and the service that 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 company and I so I watched Dairyland grow and then they started coming with you know different products and you know wheat berries and all these different items and and uh you know it went from Dairyland to Chef's Warehouse that's how my culinary career kind of started in New York and my familiarity with uh with your company that's awesome yeah. really cool so this show is called Ingredient Insiders but before we get, came up with the name Ingredient Insiders. Originally, we were going to call it the anchovy. A friend of ours was like, the anchovy, that's a little like polarizing. Not everybody like, you know, they you Either sure love call it anchovy. So we asked this of everyone who comes on the show. What do you think about anchovies? Love them. Love them. I think if it had a different name, I think more people would love them. Um, but there's many types of anchovies and uh, there's many you know, applications you can use, you know, from, from, from pizzas to crudos to, um, again, our, our executive chef Angel, he loves anchovies. Mm -hmm. You know, he tells me all the time, call Tony, get some anchovy oil. To call Tony, get, you know, Tony's our, our sales rep. Tony you know. Pelicani. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Anchovies are great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good answer. I mean, yeah. we we've only them. had one person who said no. <laughs> Listen, when people say that they don't like anchovies, I'm convinced that they have not had the right anchovy. Mm -hmm. Because I the Spanish anchovies, things. they're so good. Yeah. Adding it with tuna, adding it with octopus, adding it with something else, you know, um, you know, even making a pasta dish and just a touch, the saltiness and the and the brininess plays with each other with olives or pastas or, you know, things like that, or pizzas, you know. You mentioned the anchovy oil, which the Italians call colatura. Love it. And I traveled around all of last week hawking colatura to restaurants in Tampa and Naples and Sarasota. And a lot of the chefs there had not seen it before, not used it before. It is like a secret ingredient for many great chefs. And I'm glad to hear that you guys use it. Oh, Chef Angel's go-to. You don't It's like that umami. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And people don't realize you can add this to braised short ribs. You can, I'm sure you guys have a lot of creative ways to use it, but that really is one of the key ingredients, a secret ingredient. If you're listening to this at home, 
or in a restaurant and you're not using Cola Tora in your kitchen, you should check it out. It's Definitely. literally in, in a ferment, almost like a fermented anchovy oil, and it's been used since Roman times, and it's a secret weapon at Sea Spice and many restaurants. Yeah. Well, Brad, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I can't wait to have my drive-by visit. we got to get you over to Sea Spice. Yeah. yeah. We'll just drive by. Yeah, we'll you know, drive by. All right. Are you going to order the octopus? Getting the yes. octopus and champagne. A little champagne. Definitely. All right. Now I like your style. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thanks, my pleasure. Brad. Thank this you for having me. This episode is sponsored by Mark Foods. Mark Foods is a premium seafood importer, and it's where we procure our amazing octopus. We have Kevin Freely here from Mark Foods. He is the director of national sales. FAO 34 Octopus. So nice to have you with us. What does the FAO 34 mean when we talk about octopus? FAO 34 is a designation by the UN. It actually stands for Food and Agricultural Organization. And it was started to fight hunger around the world. So if you go anywhere around the world, there is a designated FAO for that area. So you go to Iowa and there's a FAO, whatever the number is for Iowa. And then FAO 34 specifically does the uh, octopus region off the southern coast of Spain to the middle part of Africa off the coast of the Sahara Desert. That is where we get our octopus from, FAO 34. So octopus is obviously, we just mentioned, it's one of the top selling items for the Chef's Warehouse as a company. It's actually top number selling one. seafood item. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Why is octopus so popular these days? It's obviously delicious, but we see it everywhere. Do you guys have any idea what what has led to the growth? You know, octopus spreads around a whole myriad of cultures. It's not just Spanish culture that uses it. You go to an Asian restaurant and have an amazing octopus meal. You go to an American restaurant and have an octopus meal. And it's so versatile. You can use it in so many different applications. It's really easy to work with, especially when you have good quality like ours. It's tasty, fun to eat. You know, it's, it's cool to say, oh yeah, I had octopus last night at this amazing restaurant. It's an experience. And I think that has really resonated with chefs and with restaurant goers, with consumers. They, they love eating octopus. What makes the FAO 34 octopus so great? Why is it so much better than the rest? You know, so we've been partnering with the largest octopus packer in Spain. Their commitment to quality and assurance of a continuance of supply has been outstanding. We've been working with them for 15 years. We've been working with Chef's Warehouse with them for about 11 years. And they check this octopus for quality at least four times during the process. The fishermen that they work with is all artisanal boats that go out. It's pot caught, so it's considered sustainable, but it also helps grade the octopus, right? So, you know, they're checking for the octopus once they catch it. They're grading it, making sure that we only get eight-legged octopus uh, that is full-bodied, that the octopus are healthy. And it's what the octopus are eating in that area. A nice warm temperature. They're eating a lot of shellfish. They're eating other fish. And so that diet off the coast of the Sahara gives a much better yielding octopus than anywhere around the world. It also is coming from the same species. So we're only using one species. We're not mixing, uh, we're not using from different 
punch breeze. It's one species, one grade, all number one octopus. And that's that's really what sets us apart. We love hearing that it's sustainable. I know that's very important to a lot of our clients and folks around the world. How exactly, you said they're pot caught. How does a fisherman catch an octopus? Yeah, they set octopus pot out, kind of like a fishing line. I would imagine it's the same as a king crab. You know, if you're looking at these traps, it is probably no bigger than someone's desk. Uh, and it has a way for the octopus to get in, but not a way for the octopus to get out. So it's pretty selective fishing gear because as we all know, octopus can pretty much get out of anything. So this is uh, specifically just for them. So what's involved in processing octopus? You know, the clients of Chef's Warehouse have told me one of the attributes that they love about our octopus is that it is really tender and delicious. One of the things uh, that our factory does is to mimic that uh, is it's cleaned several times uh, before it actually gets to the plant. So it goes through a processing in Morocco where it's cleaned and gutted to make sure that it's the freshest that it can be. Then it's transported to Cadiz in the southern part of Spain, where they clean it again, they check it for quality again. And what they do is they put it in these huge tumblers and they tenderize the octopus by throwing the octopus around in these tumblers using real Atlantic seawater as well. So the octopus is thrown about kind of to mimic those older Greek women throwing them against the rock, but, uh, you know, using machines now. So you have to tenderize the octopus. And the way that our plant does it is kind of very high tech. It's using all new machinery. It's clean that way and tenderized in the same way. That's really cool. I had no idea that that's how it was done. When I think of eating octopus, you think of eating the legs. Can you eat the whole octopus? The head is, the head is my best uh, is my favorite part of the animal, actually. When you have an octopus salad, that's one of the best applications for using the head. And especially with chefs, I think they want to talk about their yield. Octopus is already a, a lower it's a, yield. It's a, yeah. It's a lower yield food item. So in order to find an application for that, for the head, it's, it's great for the chef because you could use it in a ton of different things in, in soups, in uh, salad, or just uh, on a plate. I mean, uh, the Spanish way is to just braise the octopus using the head and tentacles with olive oil, salt, and paprika. It's a perfect appetizer. It's a perfect dinner, too. You put that right over rice. But yeah, you could use the whole animal. Let's talk about some of the different items that we purchase from FAO 34. Is it, uh, you know, we just talked about whole octopus. What are the different SKUs that we have at the chef's warehouse when it comes to octopus? So you have the different grades, all graded by size. So you have whole raw, which is a tray-packed octopus. And the one thing that really sets us apart as Jeff's Warehouse and Mark Foods is we do a 0% glaze. So what that means is when the tray is packed and is about to be frozen, we add no water to that tray. There's no water added before the freezing process for weight or even for, you know, a lot of brands out there will say that it's for protection of the octopus, but it's really not necessary. All it is is fake weight in a tray. You're not paying for water. That that really sets us apart from every other brand. Go like fifty to sixty percent yield. Ten percent. Yeah, ten percent matters. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that that equals dollars, not pennies. It's it's amazing. That's the home point in any sales pitch. Anything to set us apart is that zero percent glaze. And so that's in all of your SKUs: two to four pound octopus, four to six pound, six to eight, and eight to ten. And then we also do almost. It's pretty much a hundred percent yield. Is the cooked octopus leg in a tray pack? I love this item, John. Have you had the? cooked legs that we sell. Uh, I love it. And it just, so this is ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's already been, it's pre-cooked, it's tenderized. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that 
chefs are using that item? For that, it's perfect because it's already cooked. So you don't have to worry about cooking or braising an octopus and getting it just right. It's ready to go. Like you said, it's heat and serve. But it's about 80 to 90% cooked. So there's still a lot of different ways that the chef can use it. Grilled is great. This octopus lends so well to a grill or a hot cast iron pan with a little olive oil on top. You could also uh, do garlic and olive oil, soups, tacos. What I love to do is, and you kind of mentioned it, is I love to take that tentacle, rub it with olive oil, season it, mm-hmm. throw it on a very hot grill, Andrea, mm-hmm. get a little char on the yeah, outside. Yeah, you need it to be a little crispy. Then slice oh, it and drizzle it with a little lemon juice mm. and olive oil and a little uh, oregano from the island of Crete. It's unbelievable. That sounds so good. Yeah. No, but I think the cooked, it really, especially now where labor is something that is spoken of mm-hmm. um, in every single kitchen, to not have to worry about you know cooking and yields and you just open up the tray and kind of can go, I think it's a no-brainer for chefs today. Especially like you're saying, in the labor shortage right now, there's a shortage of food chefs that know how to cook octopus. And when you're talking about a restaurant that's trying to cook 30 pounds of octopus for a night, this is just so much easier for them. You know, you guys are doing over a million pounds a year nationally of this octopus. And already for this year, we're on track to beat it. Uh, I think already we're we're over 100,000 pounds. Obviously, Italy loves the product. I know that firsthand. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with John and me today about the FAO Octopus. It's an amazing product. We love our partnership with Mark Foods. Yeah. The products that we get from you guys, you know, including obviously the octopus are just the best of the best. And this is the product that, you know, you're finding at Michelin three-star restaurants. This is the product that Mm -hmm. you're finding at the best of the best restaurants across the country. And, uh, you know, I know that our entire seafood team and Josh Berman and everyone at Chef's Warehouse really values the partnership we have with Mark Foods. So thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Thank you for having me. And yeah, we, we love this partnership. We've been working with you guys for over 11 years now. And your commitment to quality and kind of excellence in the the food world has been amazing to kind of watch and and work with you and support you. So uh, we love working with you guys, too. And this has been this has been great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we love sustainable seafood. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Like what you hear, write us a review and subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders or Twitter at Where Chefs Talk. All the products we talked about on this episode can be purchased at chefswarehouse.com.